down, waiting. Back to the line for Berg. Left point shoots to Fleckett. Bernard backhander scores. Connor Bernard with his 10th of the season. In the slot, here's Ferkus. Feeds it across to the right circle. Wrist shot. Nice kick save. Rebound. Great save by Sam on Riley Chanel. Drew Sim just stuck out the blocker. That is a tremendous save. Welcome into Pat's Cast, the unofficial Regina Pats podcast, with your hosts, Chris Clark and Kevin Shaw. All right, folks, tonight, no Kevin, but we've got a special guest for you. Everett and Tri-City coming in. We've got a, a guest to kind of give us a rundown of the, the American teams coming in and the American division as a whole, Chad Belcom. But before we get to Chad, I'm going to go over the Moose Jaw game. I mean, it was an ugly one, another one, unfortunately. It was kind of like the Lethbridge game all over, except Moose Jaw's a lot better. There was no coming back on Thursday night. First off, seeing Howe and Vallis out of the lineup, two-thirds of the top line, that's always never a good thing. They're behind the eight ball before they even begin, unfortunately. Then they give up the first two goals. Svozel gets a lucky one back. Then they hit the post. I think that could have been maybe the turning point. Maybe not the way they played the rest of the game, but if they made it 2-2, maybe... They have some more life. Maybe not. And then it just got worse from there. I mean, it was ugly. It was ugly like the Lethbridge game, and there was no coming back on a, a solid Moose Jaw team. After the game, John Paddock basically just said, yeah, it was not a good effort. Uh, he liked Sim's play. I mean, Sim, I mean, sure, he gave up five goals, but there could have been a lot more. He made some really good saves down the stretch throughout the basically the second half of the game, keep him in it, somewhat in it. Then John pointed out, he thought, Sim, Barnett, and Michaels were the best players. So when you're giving props to your basically your fourth liners, that's never a good thing. That kind of almost maybe sends a message saying top three lines weren't good and, and they weren't good. So it's another tough game. Two in a row, which is not the greatest to see. But they get Moostra here now with the rescheduled game on Wednesday. Part of the Everett game, Saturday and Tri-City Sunday. Hopefully they can get back on it and and put forth a good effort against a solid Moose Jaw team on Wednesday here. There isn't really much else to say about that game, so we're going to go right to the interview with Chad Balcom, and he gives us some great insight on the Everett and Tri-City and the American Division. All right, we're going to welcome in Chad Balcom right now. He is the co-host of WHL Unfiltered. It's a long-form show covering everything in the WHL, and he also does the Pucklandia podcast. Uh, that's all things Portland Winterhawks. So if you're interested in hearing more, anything covering the WHL, he does a great job. Him and Sean Mullen, they do kind of a long-form storytelling almost type show. It's great. They have some great guests. And then uh, if you want to get deep into Portland Winterhawks talk, check out Pucklandia. Welcome, Chad. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. So we reached out to you because, well, we've got a couple American teams coming in. We haven't seen them in the building in four years. I looked at the rosters. I think there's one player that's played in Regina. So, uh, yeah, so I thought bring on somebody, give us a little insight to Everett and Tri-City upcoming this weekend. So which, which direction you want to go? Who uh, Who's coming in first? Uh, Everett's coming in on Saturday, so let's start with them. So the server tips are, I mean, they're 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 fun. I mean, they're a, they're a team that, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes they catch a little bit of a little bit of crap as far as, you know, the way they go about things. I mean, they you know in, in the bubble season, I think they went like twenty and two 
Like they, you know, everybody else is bringing in their 15s and 16s and trying to play for the future and so with this. And, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with this, but they're like, if we're playing games and we're, you know, going to, you know, count wins and losses, then we're going to count some wins. You know, and that's how, how they approach it. And that's, and that's fine. But, you know, it's, they're a really interesting team, even this year. Like, you know, they're, they're sitting at seven and three, but which is pretty good, right? But it seems like, I mean, they, they gave up 11 goals the other night to Seattle. They gave up six goals on a Friday night to Tri-City. I mean, it seems like their losses so far this year have been, like, pretty bad. Like, to where the, the point where you you go look at the standings and you're like, man, those they must really be struggling. And you're like, well, then again, I mean, most teams would be really happy at seven and three. So they're they're kind of a they're kind of a hard read at the moment. But at the same time, I mean, they're they, you know they have a, a you know a share of well they coming into the weekend they had a share of first place in the division. So I mean, they have you know Dennis Williams you know been coaching there for a few years, and so they have a little bit of consistency there. And they're 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 pretty interesting, and 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 you know. Not to be uh, again, not, not, no lightweight by any any stretch, but they're again, they're, they're, I, I haven't seen them live this year. I will say that, but they're they're kind of a hard read so far. Yeah, and you you kind of thought about when you think about every, you think, kind of think a defensive style, good goaltending all the time, maybe not as offensive, um, but you know maybe that's kind of changing. I thought you know with that run to the final there against. Uh, Swift Current, it was. You could see that they're coming, maybe not out of their shell, but you could kind of see it's changing a bit for them, isn't it? Well, that's that's one thing that's really interesting about that team too. Is yeah, they get that kind of stereotype, you know, uh, Kevin Constantine, you know, Mitch Love kind of a, you know, kind of a thing. But it it, it doesn't seem like. But they, they stick to it, though. It doesn't seem like it matters. Like, they get some firepower coming through there, and it doesn't change how they how they play. You know, and they get, they get a good, you know, this goalie, that goalie. That doesn't seem like it matters either. Like, they just, they're so consistent in, you know, the way they play from the back end out, you know, year to year, you know, class to class. You know, it's it's kind of funny in a lot of ways. Like it just seems like it's kind of plug and play for them, and has been for you know ten years or whatever. You know, it's 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 really interesting. Even have a Nikita Sherbeck, you know, it's like it doesn't seem like they really figure out how to harness that, you know, and 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 try to get up the ice, you know, and hurt even even when they they hired, you know, their current GM, you know, from you know the Portland Winterhawks, and they said we want to play more like they play, and then they didn't. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was yeah. it was just kind of interesting, and so yeah, you kind of you know you you give them a hard time, but they do kind of play that you know trapping hockey that you know they they have the the hold the puck behind the net while they change. They love that one, you know that kind of thing. But at at the same time, it works for them, and they they win games and they keep going. Yeah, you look at their power play, and it's uh, it's right up there. The penalty kill doesn't seem to be too hot. But, uh, yeah, what are a couple of kind of names that you've maybe noticed, not that you've seen them in person yet, but that stand out to you? Like like I said, we haven't seen any of these players at all in person. So, 
I I think I mean the the, the Hofer kid, and maybe I just think about you know other previous Hofers that have came through the league, but yeah, you know he's I think he's doing pretty well for him. I mean Austin Roos is a guy you know from from BC. He's he's a kid that I think is really really playing well for them too. I mean from what I've seen of him, I I, I talked to their you know our uh, their their radio guy I have on on my show sometimes. He, he's a He's a pretty, you know, uh, energetic kid, and uh, yeah, and he like has a lot to say about uh, the roost. You want to watch? You want to watch for him? You know, I mean, obviously on on the back end, Olin Zellweger. I mean, there was talk of you know they, they didn't know if, if he was going to come back. You know, yeah. as far as you know, being an Anaheim pick, and they were pretty high on him. I think yeah, I think he had a pretty good, pretty good NHL camp. I think. You know, made made some uh, made some plays. You know, drew some interest, but obviously, as a defenseman, it's pretty hard to make the make the NHL at at, at any age, especially at, you know, nineteen. Definitely, so yeah. He's back, and I think I think he's had a pretty good pretty good run so far. You know, coming back to to sober tips. So that's as a as a uh, Alberta kid. That's that's a guy that's a lot fun to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he really stood out at the World Juniors there. Uh, before the season started, he's. I think he kind of maybe elevated his game for that, and maybe his stock even, and heading into the the NHL camp. I mean, he's got five goals, five assists already in seven games for them from the back end. So definitely, that's a that's a name that we noticed if you were watching World Juniors. It's a, isn't that fun as far as the uh, yeah the World Juniors before the season started. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Wait, wait, what, what happened? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a wild world where we live in these days. But yeah, definitely, like you know, the, the World Juniors before the season started, for sure. Yeah. So he technically he's a, an 18 at that tournament. Uh, so he'll be back again for the one in uh, in the winter here. So that uh, that'd be you know, you know going to open up a different tab. I mean. I kind of, I kind of put myself short on uh, on Austin Roos. I mean, eighteen points in ten games. Like I knew he was doing well, but I hadn't actually looked at the numbers till you know till now. Like that's uh, that's pretty good. That's not bad at all. Nine goals, nine assists in ten games. Like he's only you know what what do you want out of the guy? He's only uh, he's second in the league, only behind um, Mr. Bedard. So. Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, I know you guys talk plenty about Bedard, but yeah, yeah, doing pretty well. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, uh, move. Anything else you got for on Everett? Well, let's go back the other way. Like, you know, we talk about the schedule. You haven't seen the silver tips in a number of years, and you know the chances of Connor Bedard playing. And the U.S. division in juniors is really slim, and that's it's frustrating, and it's the, the way it's going to be. But you know, it comes back to 19 somehow. But uh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, go ahead. No, yeah, I know. That's I don't know how they decided that which divisions were going where this year. I mean, if you, I think if you look at the 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 way it played out 
18, U.S. was here in 18, and then the East went to the U.S. in 19. So then it's technically the U.S.'s turn to come back this way, this season. So I don't know if they went off that or what, or who knows what the decision was there. But, yeah, that's well, unfortunate, yeah. right? Like, to, to not be yeah. able to ha see every team every year is yeah. definitely I mean, unfortunate. I mean, back in the day, it didn't matter because it was, you know, it was the BC division this year and then the U.S. division the next year and vice versa. So, you know, it was luck of the draw, like, from one year to the next. But, yeah, then when we lost a couple of years... I mean, you know, it's a once in a once in a lifetime situation you have to go through. Obviously, you know, I mean, it's not fun to talk about these things on these shows, but yeah, it's just frustrating, you know, for a guy like that, or you know, you know, Cody Glass or whatever, like some of these, you know, high-profile guys that you know you don't get the opportunity to see, like, or less opportunities to see anyway. You know, I mean, that's you know, to to. to go off on a tangent, I mean, that was, you know, uh, medicine hat just came through here. And so I got a, I was fortunate enough to meet one of the folks of, uh, of a guy, of, uh, a parent that had a, a player on that club. And he's like, look, you know, I'm going to make that trip. You know, like they're only coming through there twice ever <laughs> on my boys on the team. If that, you know, yeah. so you got, you got to make, you get, why not make that trip? You know what I mean? So that was kind of fun. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, you want to see that talent that's out in that other conference, which we don't see. Like, local kids are not even just local kids. You know, there's talent on the other side of the continent there that, you know, on the coast that we would like to see more often. But yeah, that's, well, you I mean, know, it's you go down a rabbit hole, like, it's like the cost and the, and all the, the, the work they have to put into that and stuff. But it is what yeah, it is. Well, I mean, yeah, me and you don't got to ride the bus. You know? No, but, exactly. And that's the thing. But the, the other hand of that, I mean, you know, the, you know, Princess Patricia's, you know, light Canadian infantry. I mean, like, you know, the the, the longest storied team of all of Major Junior. I haven't got to see them for a few years, and won't this year. And you know, I I would like to, you know, whatever. Right. So I mean, I, it's it's a it's a thing we could talk about for sure. But again, that's that's where we're at as far as this particular conversation and what do the U.S. think, what do the U.S. division teams bring to this? Yeah. So, but yeah, there's, there's always something to talk about, right? There's always, you know, this or that or long, long discussions we have about this league that we, we all love, right? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I guess going into Tri-City, I mean, Tri-City's kind of just been middling over the last few years. Nothing's really stood out on my end that I've seen from them. They've kind of just, just plugging away, not doing anything crazy special or not really scraping the bottom of the barrel, really. It's just they just plugged along and just just carrying on. That's that's an exact... That's, you're, you're dead on. That's exactly <laughs> who the Amzard has been. You know, I've got friends in their front office. Like, it's it's been frustrating, and it doesn't seem like they figure out how to build on what they have. I mean, and and even as we as we speak, at times recording a five and five. But man, they had a big weekend, huge weekend. You know, they they, they won six thirty over uh, over Everett. 
on the Friday night, which I think they were down 4-2 going into the third period. They came out, put up some goals on a good every team, and that's, you know, like, you know, that, I think a lot of people took notice of that. Yeah. And then they had, you know, this an, an undefeated Winterhawks team come in there, which, you know, I'm familiar with, obviously. And, you know, a, a 7-0 Winterhawks team, and the Amps put up four goals in the first period. You know, it's 4 nothing before you can blink. They, you know, took some took advantage of some power plays, you know, made it work. I mean, they have a they have a Euro goalie that they, that, that they really like. In, uh, in it, 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 I've heard a lot of different pronunciations for, you know, Shukanik. I'm not sure what the proper one is, but he's really popular, almost a, almost a folk hero out there. Okay. And, and you know, so they're, they're feeling really good about themselves, putting up 13 goals on two, uh, uh, two nights. Some really, uh, they got some good, some good divisional competition. So, I mean, the Ams, right as of right now, feel really good about themselves, and I think that they should. Yeah, you look at look at his numbers, Shukanik's numbers. It's nine nineteen save percentage. Like that's nothing to sneeze at in this league. I mean, the goals against is three thirty seven, but uh, you look at that save percentage, and you know that's that'll take you somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Tyson Greenway put up you know three goals and two assists last night. Like that's. I mean, what? what you know, again, that's that's a pretty good. Uh, a pretty good weekend right there in itself besides you know whatever happened the night prior so yeah yeah it'd be nice to see nice to see them have some some success you know because they have been kind of middling for a long time and you know you want to try to get butts in the seats out there and you want to see them have success and but you, you know again against your team if you're a one-hawks fan which you know a, a lot of folks i know are you hate to see it but they uh you know, it seems like maybe they're starting to turn the corner and build something. Yeah, well, that's that's nice to see. Yeah, because obviously we have we don't really know what's going on in that U.S. division. So, I mean, they don't really. Just looking at their roster and stats, like you know, there isn't really any names that really jump out to you. Maybe, uh, maybe a uh, Lucas Dragasevich. His his dad played for the Pats back in the day. So, I mean, that's kind of a name that uh, Pats fans might know. And other than that, you know, there isn't isn't anything that jumps off the page. Well, one of the ones that really hurt them was when Dwayne Jean Jr. decided that he wanted to play closer to home and got traded to uh, Red Deer. And that's that's frustrating, you know, for me personally. Like this kid that I was really excited to see develop this year and see what he was going to do. And now I've got to watch it, you know, online and uh, in the century I'm up there for Red Deer. And that's disappointing because I, I, you know, I, I thought, well, I still do, I guess, think that he's got a bright future and think he's going to do something in this league. But I thought he was going to, you know, make some noise for, for the Ams and, and he's not. But, but at the same time, I mean, it doesn't really make sense to go down the rabbit hole of, of guys that aren't on the Sam's team as far as trying to kind of forecast, you know, what what you're getting into uh, here coming up. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, Kevin and I have both talked about Red Deer, and it's it's interesting. I don't want, yeah, not to go off too much of a tangent, but they've, they've been a little bit of a surprise this year. 
That's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll be seeing them, but I mean, they had a solid season last year and they, they came into this season without any goaltending with WHL experience. So it was kind of like, Ooh, what, uh, what's going to happen there? Like, and then they get Ben King back. And, uh, so they're, they're rolling obviously at 10 and Oh, so. Wow. They go from, I mean, when they, the year that they live at the rink, yeah. which is, which is so, it's still really fun to think about at this point, but it didn't work out for them very well to win some losses. And then, you know, you bring in Con, uh, not Con, but, uh, Connor Walchuk, you know, one, one of my favorite avalanche forwards, by the way, and Kevin's, uh, and, and Steve Con Walchuk, former, former winner, and to see what they've done, you know, with them changing the, changing the culture there, like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously not a, not a Red Deer Rebels podcast, but it's uh, it's really fun to see what they what they've done, you know, with in the in the kind of watch up era. Yeah, like it, I think he's really, I wouldn't say turned that team around because that team was always a solid team, and they just maybe just couldn't get over that hump. Um, and he kind of maybe think of the Everett style where they were always a little more defensive and they're always tough to play against that Sutter hockey. Right. And in whatever, maybe Connor Walchuk's just brought a different voice and really brought them out of their shell even a bit. Like, and like I said, goalies with no WJ experience coming to the season and they've given up 18 goals in 10 games. Like that's, that's surprising. Like it really isn't any, any way other to put it like than that. So, but yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Where do you want to go after this? I mean, yeah, I mean, those two are coming in right away, and then we're seeing the other teams later in the season, so maybe we'll have to get you on again later in the season. But, uh, yeah, any other thoughts of the whole, maybe the U.S. division as a whole? Like, it's always competitive. Like, Portland's always there. Seattle looks poised to to start that trend of losing in the final and winning the next season. Um and then, yeah, I mean, Spokane looks down this year, and it looks like Everett and Tri City might be pretty, pretty decent, uh, pretty decent contenders. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't. It's Spokane is a little, you know, I haven't seen much of them. You know, they have a new GM and one that's familiar to, to, to Portland fans and Matt Barsley. And so it'll be, you know, curious to see what he does as far as you know, what's for now and what's for, you know, build for the future. You know, again, Everett, I mean, that's the team I, it, you always expect the cycle to catch up with you that, you know, you can only be so good for so long, but they tend to figure out a way around that. You know, yeah. it's a hard question earlier. Yeah, it just, just hasn't. Yeah, they just, like you said, consistency all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, the Thunderbirds, they seem to, I mean, they're real strong. I think where they might be the last undefeated team in the, in the dub, I think. No, Red Deer still hasn't lost either. So. Red Deer, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely kind of wall chuck tie in there. Um, you know, and they have, they, they, did, they did pretty well. They were signing the, the Grayson Sawchuck kid out of the U.S. draft. I mean, they... They're poised to do pretty well, but you know we'll see how that goes down the stretch. And yeah, that was then, uh, that was an interesting maybe trade with Red Deer that they were able to trade for him and then actually sign him. So 
And I've been thinking yeah. about that. I've been thinking about that him as well because the Pats picked up Sam Aremba from them, uh, a local kid here, and yeah, like he he set records in the in the city here. And uh, you know he, he's a 17 year old, and everybody you know talking about what are the Pats going to do for this year, and then they make this trade, and it's a 17 year old. But I think Seattle was just like the emergence of Sachin. Uh, I think maybe made Aremba a little expendable at a 17 year old with on a team that's that's looking to win the WHL. So that's maybe you know they got some picks that they can use to supplement that run here coming up this season. So I've been yeah. thinking about that, uh, that uh, Sachin, that's a big, pretty big signing for them. Cause he's really turned out to be a good player already. Yeah. Well, I mean, just as an aside, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that's really fascinating about being a, a, a American fan of this league and, and, and this division that, you know, you have, like, we don't have local kids, you know, we don't have guys that are from, up the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, on, on, like on occasion, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, there, there, there have, there have been, you know, you know, Paul Gaston, Paul Gostad is, is from here and, and played from here before he went to the, you know, play for Buffalo. I mean, there, there are occasions, but it's kind of, it's just kind of funny. You're like, oh yeah, get from, you know, kid from Moose Child playing for Moose Child. Well, that's fun. You know, like we don't yeah. have, we, we just don't have that here. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that being said, go ahead. It's definitely growing though, right? You can see the American kids are definitely, you know, even just into the NHL, right? Depending what, what route they take, it's, but you see the American kids are really, you know, really the high, you can see the high end as well. Like it's not just, third or fourth line American players in the NHL, you know, you see the Austin Matthews and stuff like that, that grew up and, and played most of their hockey in the States, you know, before they made it to the NHL. So, you know, it's coming, right? Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we got California kids and yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned a, you know, Arizona guy and, you know, there's guys from Texas, but you know, here, here in Portland, Oregon, we have, you know, I think it's two and a half, three million people. And we have three ranks. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Swift Current has more ranks than we have. You know, I mean, it's kind of, it's just a weird animal that we, we live with. I mean, I know guys that play at midnight or whatever, you know, because that's, that's, that's how you're going to, that's when the ice is. Well, we still know? play at midnight too, and we got how many ranks? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the more ranks you have, the more people you have playing, right? So we still get stuck at midnights sometimes. Yeah. I suppose, I mean, you know, but at least, you know, you guys are, you know, you know, named after a queen. We don't, we don't have that. So. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, but to, to kind of round out the, the division, I mean, you know, coming into this season, even you know, the, the team I follow the closest here in Portland, like, I didn't know what they were going to do. And I, I guess we still don't, right? But, you know, they don't have the, the star power that, they often have and so then where is the goals going to come from but a lot of it is they played last year they played four 17 year old defensemen on the same team which is kind of unusual you know yeah. well now they are four 18 year old defensemen mm -hmm. with the years of experience and so 
once you, you know, move the puck out of the zone from the D-man, then maybe you don't necessarily need the high-end skill like you would like to have because, you know, again, if you get the fuck out of your own end, well, that's 90% of it, and then go down and see what happens, right? Yeah. And so they've been, up until, you know, last night when they played against the Ams and fell on their face, but, you know, up until that, I mean, they've, you know, 7-0, or 7-1 now, and it's been really interesting to see what they do with the, you know, quote-unquote no-name, you know, forwards they have and not lacking lacking the star power. So this this one our team seems like, you know, you talk about the we talk about the consistency of, of the silver tips. Well, I mean Portland's kinda of has that same kind of consistency as well. And so they they seem like they're gonna be uh, uh, uh making some noise this year as well, even without having the star power. Yeah, you look at the star power, but uh the penalty the power play is looking good. Like they're second in the league, so that's that always helps, right? If you don't Got to take that man, take advantage of the man advantage when you don't have, you know, maybe as much skill as the other team five on five, and it doesn't look like they take too many penalties. They're they're right down there in in penalty minutes and stuff. So yeah, and you, like you said, it always seems Portland's always, yeah, like you said, consistency and star power. That that definitely goes hand in hand with uh, with the Winterhawks as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's fun going on that ring on a regular basis and you know knowing that uh you're probably gonna see some goals one way or the other yeah yeah all right then i think uh i think that's that's what we that's a pretty good uh summary of the u.s division for this week i think yeah i mean it's again it's early i haven't seen all the teams they're not certainly not very much you know but yeah hopefully uh hopefully i got a little bit of a better feel for you than uh, what you're trying to look at no, oh, yeah, no, that's definitely that's we have we have no idea out here, right? So, you know, you look at the rosters and it's it's who and what and where are they from and stuff. So, yeah, hopefully uh, our listeners will enjoy this uh, little segment. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on, Chad. Hey, I appreciate the invite. All right, that was great insight from Chad, and thanks again for coming on. And I guess now it's time for predictions. Like this team needs to make the playoffs. These are going to be three tough games. Tri-City's on a roll, like you said. Everett's always solid, and Moostra's been pretty tough to play against. But to make the playoffs, you need to be over 500. You know, it's going to be tough if you're only winning one out of three games. They need to win two games, so I'm going to predict two wins and a loss for this week, and we'll go from there. I mean, easily they could easily go one and two. An 0-3 week would be real rough, and you don't want to see that, so... Hoping that doesn't happen, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully this team can turn around after a couple of lackluster efforts here. So with that, we'll see you down at the rink. Good night, folks.